You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, your joke-making, fun-having pop culture podcast. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. And like always, we bring you sunshine on a cloudy day. Yes. Yes. Although it has been quite sunny out lately. It's getting warm again. It was cold and rainy. Now it's warm and sunny. I'm ready for the fall, though. Bring on the October. Bring on the spooky season and all that fun stuff. Oh, yes. I am excited. Uh. In fact, I um was browsing the library on Peacock today and decided to watch. Uh, I'm sneaking this in here because I'm not going to talk about it in my media corner because I don't. I can't. I don't want to really, really want to give it a full review because I I don't ha- have a full opinion on it yet. But it's fresh on my mind, and I watched uh, Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey today. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'll just ask you this: good or bad, or uh, um, somewhere in between? <laughs> I'd have okay. So, or is it like so bad that it's good? Kind it's of thing. So bad that it's good. Okay. Like I'm excited for the second one. If that says, if that tells you anything. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I I already know what happens in it because I watched I watched the pitch meeting and the kill count for it. <laughs> right. So. Right. 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 Because I was not about to watch the movie itself. If I'm being completely honest, so I, I, I saw that it was on Peacock, and I'm like, ooh, I've been wanting to see this. I've got nothing but time on my hands right now. So it's the it's the opposite for me. No, I I'm because of time. I am now a bit more picky about so like I still basically watch everything mm-hmm. but the way that I the way that I do it now is even though it's not a good substitute for a full hands-on experience I know I do sometimes use like recap videos on YouTube and full walkthroughs like the kill counts to basically quote-unquote watch things that i don't otherwise have the time Mm -hmm. to actually watch you know what i mean like these are short condensed ways of me basically getting the gist of what happened like i know what happened from start to finish at least the important parts so Mm -hmm. yeah like i know enough to to feel like i have watched it even though i haven't and that is it's low low priority content like that movie is what i do those things with you know i still like if i actually want to see it see it like talk to me i'll actually go out of my way to watch it yeah but you know and like some other things i'm going to talk about in my media corner today mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know but oh thank god for things like kill count and cinema sins and pitch meeting and all that because now i know the stories of things i haven't seen <laughs> right so i can talk i can still talk about them Uh, and it's not look I'm choosing to spoil myself on these things because I probably wasn't going to watch them anyways fair enough so there fair enough but I I was still curious you know I had to know anyways so there you go I know you've got to say this 
And they, I'm, I'm not going to talk about what I went to see until we get to the media corner, but I went to see a movie in theaters this past, uh, this weekend, and, um, well, okay. yesterday morning, actually, and I saw trailers for um, a new Exorcist movie, Exorcist uh, Believer or something like that. Okay. And I- it's like... Two kids are possessed in this one, and it's one of those legacy sequels like they did with Halloween and Scream, where or like Texas Chainsaw, where the survivor from the original movie comes back in this one as an old badass person. I think I've um, seen a trailer for that, uh, actually. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, they also had a trailer for the new Five Nights at Freddy's, which I wasn't sold on completely until I saw this trailer. I like how they're doing it, where the animatronics are possessed by the ghosts of the kids who died in the like if you know the lore from the games that is actually kind of cool that they're doing it that way yeah so So i um, i did i will say that will be streaming on peacock on october 27th oh really yes that will be streaming on peacock and josh 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 Hutcherson <laughs> is the kid in it. Um, yeah. And I also saw the trailer for the Hunger Games prequel, focusing on President Snow as a young lad. Oh, shit. Um, They're doing a Hunger Games prequel? Nice. Yeah. But the thing is, President Snow was a bad guy, and this movie makes it. He's the protagonist in this prequel, and from what I could see, it wants you to, like, feel bad for him and shit. And I'm like, nah, fuck this guy. It's going to be hard to care about him in this movie, if I'm <laughs> yeah, being honest. Fair knowing enough. Knowing what happens in the future. Right. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It did look kind of cool, though. Um,. I thought there was some. I thought there was another one too, but if there was, I can't remember what it was at this point. But right. Those were all pretty decent, uh, pretty decent trailers. Okay. Uh, leading up to what I saw, so so you watched a show. Anything else going on? Uh just working a lot. Um, the last couple nights, um, I ended up staying a little later because the one the trailers got uh really busy and um i was waiting for my ride to get out so that uh i can go home get my daughter get her in bed mm-hmm. but this yesterday at work i i was overheating and still i was staying hydrated it was just the, the the being in that trailer was overbearing and i i almost i don't know i it was a lot <laughs> i was musty hydrated oh yeah no i've got a i've got a, a, a an insulated water bottle uh thanks to my wonderful wonderful girlfriend sarah <laughs> wonderful <laughs> yeah wonderful wonderful She got okay. this. She got this for me because I couldn't really. I didn't really have any money coming in, and she knew I I needed stuff for work, and so she got on Amazon and had them sent to me. <laughs> Man, if only we did a video version of this with actual face cam, then you could show the thing. <laughs> I could, yeah, yeah. But no, we have this uh this static image with with talking heads. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. 
At some, you know what? At some uh, point. You know how dead Deadpool's like maximum effort. I'm like, yeah, minimum minimum effort. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know you love it. the The cheesy low quality content is why half of the people are on my YouTube in the first place. Yes. Oh, okay. So, well, hopefully you don't have to deal with too many more heat strokes at your job of packing boxes. I hope not. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, slow down if you have to. I know it's a fast-paced job, but woof. It is. It Uh, it really is. But, uh, I mean, are you liking the job still, though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's decent. I just... I'm struggling. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, I haven't had a lot going on after I uh, saw that movie. I basically slept most of yesterday away. Um, you know, did some video editing, and then today I did a bunch of recording of of stuff uh, finishing up. Apparently, my sister started watching my Danganronpa playthrough, and oh, yeah? it's like 17 episodes in right now, and they're all like in the realm of an hour long, and she just binged through all the available episodes in a matter of like two days. Oh, shit. And, and she was like, so when are you going to put more out? <laughs> so I'm working on that, too. Okay. Um, I think she, get, she got impatient, though, because she went and watched the anime based on the game, which is the same story, but condensed into 12 half-hour episodes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think she's going to keep watching, because when I finish the first game, I do plan on continuing the series from there. So, um, and... This is one of the things I'm going to talk about. It's funny. I'm actually going to talk about Danganronpa in our topic today um, because it is one of those things that's known as a multimedia franchise. Yeah. The game, the, the franchise is made up of several games and an anime. There's two animes, but one of those animes is a required viewing if you want to finish the story. Right. And therefore, it falls under a multimedia franchise uh ladies and blokes and non-binary folks today's topic is going to be multimedia franchises yes that is the topic and to be clear these are franchises that have canonical entries spread across different forms of media so take the mcu for example which has movies and tv shows that you have to watch if you want the full picture yes that it makes it a multimedia franchise star wars counts as well um so We'll dig more deeper into that when we get to the actual topic section because there are some things. Assassin's Creed is a big one because that has games, movies, books, comics. Like, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that'll be that when we get there. Um, so, before we hop on over to our media corner, because honestly, I've got nothing good work continues to be the same for me yeah um do you have anything else not that i can uh... think of all right all right well then let the curtain rise and onward to the news reviews and recommendations yes this thing better not be a musical no but it is one of those plays where the actors come out into the audience and bother people That's the only kind of play we have in hell. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Media Corner, the place for news, reviews, and recommendations. That's right. It's a hybrid. 
And uh, I'd like to kick us off this time because, as I said, I went to the movie theaters and I saw 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 X or saw Ten, if you will. Um, yeah. Yes, I did indeed. Although what it really is is Saw 1.5, if we're being honest here. Okay. Um, so yeah, this movie takes place between Saw 1 and 2. Uh, John has already, you know, started his work as Jigsaw, but he's going to, like, you know, cancer uh, support groups and stuff, and he hears about this experimental technology from one of the people there, this treatment. And he contacts the lady behind it, this British lady named Cecilia, and she says that they're kind of working off the grid right now, and they're in Mexico. So he travels to Mexico, and he gets the surgery, and it turns out to be a scam. And so with the help of Amanda and an off-screen Hoffman, he gets help, or he gets all the people involved in the scam and puts them in their traps. Um, and that so the first half of the movie is all about John going through his cancer shit and setting up all this. And uh. then the se- the second half of the movie is where all the traps take place. It's a bit of a different pacing from your typical Saw movies. Okay. And fun, fun fact, this one has actually gotten better critic reviews than any other movie in the franchise. And okay. I still say the first one is the best one, but... I think what they did here is they kind of listened to people who complained that these movies are nothing but like quote unquote torture porn or whatever. And they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, you want a story here? Have some story. And so they threw some story in there and Mm -hmm. some character development. There are moments in this movie where Amanda shows some humanity and sympathy for the other for the other characters and even question even questions whether what they're doing is right. And people are like. Yeah, that's that's what's what that's what was missing from the previous Saw movies, if I'm being honest. Like they we needed more shit like that, you know? Right. Um So yeah. It was kinda cool. And I will say this movie has one of the better twists in the series. It was I was wondering how they were gonna pull off a twist in this one, considering it's a prequel sort of. And Okay. Um and they did. They managed to pull off a good twist that is like self-contained within the narrative of this movie itself. You know. Okay. Um, and now, it was a really, it was a really good twist that I did not see coming. Like I was pretty surprised by it, to be honest. Now, would you consider this a this movie like an apology letter for the? I wouldn't necessarily the fans, but uh, the, all the all like the complaints that they've gotten. In a sense, it it does feel like what we call that is, or what they call that in the industry is reactionary content. When a movie or a video game or a show is uh, produced or directed or developed or designed in a way specifically where it feels like some of the things they're doing are specifically in direct reaction to like complaints or things people said on the internet so it does it does have some of that vibe in it but what it actually feels like is a marriage of new and old the first half of the movie feels like the newer saw movies with all of the melodrama and the and the more the focus on characters and story and the second half of the movie when the traps start to kick in that feels more like um 
the older Saw movies. They go back to like the the flashy editing and the jump cuts and the the spinning cameras and the green tint over everything um, and the metal music playing in the background. That uh, so it was like a combination of new Saw and old Saw together. Okay, and it, it worked especially with the industrial. Uh, like crude engineering feel of the traps in the movie itself, which all take place in the same room, by the way. In okay. This okay. Um, for the most part, yeah. Uh, I I will say I was wrong about that eyeball trap being the opening trap, but it is pretty early in the movie. It does take place in the first half during all the melodrama stuff, so okay. you do get a a little bit of a break from that for that. And I but I won't spoil anything about it because the resolution to that scene is actually pretty fucking funny. So okay, um, but. But the first proper trap in the movie doesn't take place until about 45 minutes in, and this is a two-hour movie. So. Okay. You just have to know that going in. This is paced like a Tarantino movie. It's a lot of talking and character stuff in the beginning, and then a lot of brutality and blood in the second half. Fair enough. So that's kind of what you got to know going into it. And um, <clears throat> But I will say, uh, the traps in this movie... Some of them were definitely painful to watch, as in I squirmed, as in like, ooh, ah, that has to hurt, mmm, ooh. But as far as gore, like outright gore, kind of tame compared to some of the older movies. Really? Yeah, maybe it's because the older movies were just that good at practical effects, they made it look more real. This one didn't have as much of that feeling to it. This one focused more on like, oh man, that's got a smart in terms of what the characters had to do. I right. will say this too. And I, I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if this is a spoiler or not. I wouldn't really, you know, I, because to me, a spoiler is whether or not people survive their traps. Um, yeah, that's fair. So what I will say is maybe, maybe mild spoiler territory. This is the first Saw movie where characters actually, kind of like um survive their traps no not that not that not that not necessarily that this is the only one where most of the characters in a trap actually put forth a decent effort into doing what they're supposed to do gotcha okay yeah like they yeah but um i will say but that for me at least added to the tension of the movie because there were moments where it was like down to like the skin of their teeth on the timer like and it, i was like on the edge of my seat with those goddamn timers counting down for each trap like, right because it really did get that close several times shit and, Oh man, and I can't tell you I can't tell you one way or the other if it was like a good or bad skin to their teeth, you know what I mean? I can't tell you if they just made it or just missed it. <laughs> You'll have to see for yourself. But I will tell right. you you're you're gonna be biting your nails on those ones. So all the build up in the beginning is worth it, and also there's a lot of foreshadowing in the first half of the movie that pays off in the second half as yeah. well. So definitely pay attention in this one. Yeah, for um, sure. So, I mean, and also, they didn't digitally de-age John and Amanda. They just left the actors as they are. So Okay. Which I thought was kind of a cool choice. Because for John, it works anyways. Because he's old and dying of cancer in the first place. But, like, for for Amanda, you can kind of tell with her a little bit, you know. Yeah. But, you know, because this is supposed to be between 1 and 2. And, like, in 2, she looked like she was still in, like, her early 20s. And in this one, she looks like she's in her 40s. So Fair enough. Uh, 
But with John, you can barely tell a difference. So. Fair enough. <clears throat> yep, the legendary Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I won't... I, I won't... Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything about whether or not any other characters are in this, but I will say that there is... There is a reference to Hoffman in the movie. There is, like, a reference to him. Okay. Um, so, and there is a credit scene in this movie, but it's not a end, it's not a post-credit scene like everyone keeps saying, where you have to wait till the very, very end. It's a mid-credit scene. It plays after the first set of credits. Okay. So, um, and it's worth staying for if you're a fan of the of the franchise, trust me. It's a bit of fan service. So, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So, plays after the original credits. Definitely a different style for these movies. The opening and all that stuff. Even the way they did the title card in this one, it just felt... It kind of felt like a Tarantino movie, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> really? Um, in nice. a lot of ways, yeah. So, um, I liked it, though. I'd give it, like, a... I'd give it an 8. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. So, anyways, that's my first thing. Okay, my first thing is uh, I watched, so I, I did a rewatch recently of The Meg. Uh, absolutely loved it the first time I watched it, loved it the second time I watched it, loved it now. Um, and just yesterday, uh, Sarah and I watched... Uh, Meg to the trench, and this uh w- was oh my god, bro! Like the the act, it, it felt more action involved rather than horror. I was gonna ask how you got her to watch what is technically considered a horror movie. They did a kill count for the first one, so it's it's not it's I wouldn't say it's horror, but it's a creature feature, so it's horror adjacent. She said that creature features are something that she doesn't typically have an issue with. Okay, so stuff like Anaconda, Lake Placid, shit like that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, well, tell me about uh, Jason Statham versus Giant Lizard Monster Part 2. <laughs> Bro. Okay, so without spoiling anything, they they did a lot with this one. This one was this this one was all over the place. It's, I I don't want to I don't know how to say anything about it without saying and without talking about spoilers. If that makes sense. There's <laughs> uh, not much I can there. say. You'll get there one day. It's a learned science. It takes practice. <laughs> I But it was, bro, it was really good. Very well done. I will say, um, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't know how to, I don't, I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know. Just, it was good. It was good. I well, like, uh, what's the uh, what's the synopsis here? Like, what's the what's the setup for this one? Like, the basic setup. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a sequel, so it takes place how long after the original, and then you know, um, make do the trench. A research team encounters multiple threats while exploring the depths of the ocean, including a malevolent malevolent mining operation. Okay. Okay. And uh, 
Jason Statham always kicking ass in this movie, huh? Bro, he's like the next Chuck Norris. I can I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, yeah, have you seen Crank and Crank Two? <laughs> yes, I have. Oh my yeah, god, crazy. those are hilarious. It's crazy. Yes. Um. Okay. All right. Well, the Meg Two. Uh, what? Uh, what would you give it rating wise? I would have to say eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. No. Eight, eight point five, eight point five. Okay. I never. Right. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I, I. I can't ever give like a solid rating on something. It's always got to be a point five added onto it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it depends. I. I it, for me, it's when I'm <laughs> when I'm flip floppy between two numbers. I'll settle in the middle. But I usually try to give it a round number if I can. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Another thing I watched recently, so there's a show on Netflix called Disenchantment. It is the third show by Matt Groening, uh, creator of The Simpsons and Futurama. Mm -hmm. It feels very much like a medieval version of Futurama. Maybe a little more edgy since it's on Netflix. They can get away with a little bit more. Yes. Um, it follows the adventures of Princess Tia Beanie and her friends Elfo and uh, the Elf and Lucy the Demon. Um, played by Eric Andre, who uh, yes, basically are on a quest to destroy her evil mother. Um, okay, and take back the kingdom of Dreamland. So uh, there are several other characters. Her dad, King Zoggin, is played by um, John DiMaggio, who plays Bender on Futurama. Okay, um, okay, yeah, he's he's a lot of things. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, there's a lot of familiar voices. Like, if you're familiar with, like, Simpsons and Futurama, if you've watched them, you'll hear a lot of the same voices in this show. Oh, yeah, most you know? definitely. I, I, I did I had, did watch a couple episodes of the first season of uh, Disenchanted. Okay. And um, uh, it was actually, I, I liked, it was funny. It was funny. Well, now's the time to get back into it because the fifth and final season hit Netflix recently, and that's what I watched. The show okay. is, now, oh, is now over. They finished the story with the fifth season, and man, was it a banger. I really, really enjoyed uh, the conclusion. And since it is like in a fantasy, medieval fantasy setting, yes, there was a huge epic battle. <laughs> um, okay. Uh and I'm sure I hope they paid their animators well because it was nuts. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. They concluded the story very nicely, basically the best way they possibly could. There were a few things I kind of wish didn't happen, but I'm okay with it uh, in hindsight. Uh -huh. um, you know, overall, a really good story with a mostly happy ending for most of the characters. You know, like I was yeah. surprised uh, with how with how good it ended. Um, it's genuinely funny. Like, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's a little more edgy than Simpsons and Futurama cause it's on Netflix, but it's, it's, it's got a similar style of humor and they got some great one-liners. It's, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fifth and final season and I, I highly recommend it now that the show is over uh -huh. go on Netflix and binge, binge the whole thing, all five seasons in a weekend. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody, watch the show. Do it now. Um, but yeah, 
no, it was it's good. I I liked it. Um, I'm happy. I th- I would give the whole show entirely overall probably like a solid nine out of ten. Okay. I would give I would give season five itself probably like a eight point five. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit up there. One of these days, I promise. One of these days, I'm going to talk about something I hated and I give it a bad review. Oh, I did. I, it was Gollum several episodes ago. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When are you going to talk about something you didn't like for a who, change? Who me? <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, bro, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Come on, you got to spice it up every once in a while. I know. Right, anyways, though, what's your uh, second thing? Bro, I don't know why I've been sleeping on this show, but this shit's fucking hilarious. Letter Kenny on on Hulu, bro. Like this shit. <laughs> Like, I was fucking dying. They had a whole episode where they tried to make a version of Facebook, but all about yeah. farts. Like, yep. that that humor's right up my fucking alley, and that shit's, bro, like, I was, I was, I was rolling. I was rolling. <laughs> Yeah, we know uh, the there's um the the uh there's overlap in the types of humor that you and I like, but then there's differences as well. And the best way that I can explain it is new versus old South Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Know, yes. Basically. So okay, um, so uh. Letter Kenny, I, my uh, my mom and brother, and one of my friends are all fans of that show. Now, uh, from what I've seen of it, it basically seems like in a similar vein to the dry humor of Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, um, almost kind of like a tongue in cheek, uh, but in Canada. Yeah, it's always sunny in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. In Can- in, in Canadolphia. Um, yes. So, <laughs> bro, this so, show is how, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I was gonna say, how are you liking it so far? What do you think of the emo characters and all that, bro? The the the, the surf the surfer dudes the 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 surfer dudes though those are the 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 hockey players. You're you're talking about oh like yeah the, the hockey the, players yeah whatever the, all sports bro, are the same to me. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> So the the goth emos, those are the meth heads. Right, yeah, yeah. Meth heads. <laughs> like bro, like oh my god, like every every minute of every fucking day they're dancing to like rave music. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you guys got something better to do with your time? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> Oh my god, that shit was fucking hilarious. Uh, how far in the show are you? Uh, well, considering I had put it on last night to fall asleep to, I, um, I ended up in, uh, season three. Um, but I, I think I fell asleep during episode three or four. Uh, episode four of uh, season two. You got a f- uh, favorite episode so far? 
So far, I'd have to say... <laughs> the fart book one had me rolling the most. <laughs> Got a favorite character? Um... Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. Okay. I'd have to say Wayne. Oh. That the funniest the funniest character for you? Okay, so the funniest character for me. Squirrely Dan. Okay. Squirrely Dan is my is my favorite character. Uh besides Wayne. Uh okay. Squirrely okay. Dan makes me giggle the most. <laughs> of course. He's got a funny name too. He does. All right, so that's uh, that's Letter Kenny. We'll check back in with you on that once you've watched more of the show to see how you feel about it. Yeah, seasons. yeah. Obviously, I don't think you've seen enough of it to give it a full. No, uh, no, review. I do not have. I've not seen enough of it to uh, give it a full review. But it is on my on my. It is definitely on my like regularly watching, regularly watch, uh, list. Okay, well, um, the last thing I have is a piece of news. It appears that the writer's strike is finally over. Now, to be clear, this is just the writer's strike. I think the actor's strike is still going on. Yes. So we may have to may have to wait a while for things to get back in full motion, but this may allow for some things to still um, get going. Yeah. You know? Um. But it, the strike officially ended on Wednesday, September 27th, after 148 days, and the Sweet. union's membership will begin their vote on Monday, October 2nd, so that's tomorrow at the time of recording this, that's, for many. This, uh, that's, some, that's some good news for Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Um, let's see. There is an agreement, so they're going to vote on the agreement. Okay. Um, what is? Do you have? Uh, do you have the information of, on the agreement? Well, the exact language of the contract is yet to be released, but there's okay. a summary. Um, increases to minimum wage and compensation, increased pension and health fund rates, improvements to terms for length of employment and size of writing teams. Okay. And better resid better residuals included foreign streaming residual residuals. Foreign um, streaming residuals. What does that mean? It means when they're the shows that they wrote on get streamed in foreign countries, they get paid. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay. Um. They also laid out a section specifically about AI uh, with an agreement that doesn't prevent writers or productions from making use of generative AI, but prohibits using software to reduce or eliminate writers and their pay. A writer can choose to use AI when performing writing services if the company consents and provided that the writer follows applicable company policies, but the company can't require the writer to use AI software when performing writing services what so. union what what union is it that they uh that they're uh, that the writers are under um i can't remember the name of it it's the writers guild of america the wga i think okay okay it's just what it's called yeah okay yeah so but, yeah, to be specific, though, the actors for the SAG-AFTRA 
uh, strike are still on strike. That is separate from the WGA strike. So the writer's strike ended. The actor's strike is still ongoing. That is where we are now. And they are at the time of recording this. So I have no updates for you now in real time. So by okay. the time you're hearing, by the time the audience is hearing this, there will be updates on it. And this will be mostly old news. But yes. um, at, at the time of recording this, the strike ended and they're voting tomorrow. Okay. On the new term on the new terms. Okay. So, so that is your writer strike update. Been a while since we had one of those, and now we have one. Yeah. Um. Right. I uh was browsing through Disney Plus today, and I saw that uh this Wednesday, the new Haunted Mansion movie that was in theaters over the summer. Uh, on October 4th, the new Haunted Mansion film will be streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and because it's, it hasn't dropped yet, I uh, actually convinced Sarah to, to, to watch the, uh, haunt, the original Haunted Mansion movie that came out uh, like 20 years ago. Oh yeah, I wouldn't consider that horror any more than I would Casper. No, so. no, the, the Haunted Mansion was, it's. I watched the trailer. It's a kids movie. It is. It is. I watched the trailer for the uh, for the new one, and I am, I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see the the twist that they take on it. So I'll read the synopsis. It's got Danny DeVito in it. It does have Danny DeVito in it. Uh, let's see. Haunted. Haunted Mansion 2023. A single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide, a, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after discovering it is inhabited by ghosts. Let's see. We've got by goats, <laughs> ghosts, ghosts. Uh, Gabby is well, played. Both, both would be a problem, right? Gabby is played by Rosario Dawson. Uh, the priest is. Oh, play... okay. The the priest, Father Kent, is played by Owen Wilson. Uh, Harriet, I think wow. Harriet. I think she's the historian. Uh, Harriet is played by Tiffany Haddish. Uh, Bruce Davis, the scientist, is played by Danny DeVito. And I was actually really excited for this one. Madame Leota, the crystal ball in the movie, also canonical to the ride. Uh, this is um, this role is played by none other than Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, okay. Um, Jared Leto's in this too. I'm not familiar with the character, uh, so it might be something new and introduced in this one. Uh, the oh boy, box. they had a know. good cast up until they threw his dumbass in there. Why'd they have to do that, I, bro? I don't even know. But let's see. I'm looking down the list a little bit further to see. Oh, Joe Coy is in this. As a daytime okay. as a daytime bartender, that's exciting. 
Uh, let's see. Is there any other names in here that that ring a bell? I'm not seeing any more familiar names. Joe Coy was the only other one I saw, and I didn't even know he was in it. Oh, Winona Ryder. She's uncredited, but she plays the role of Pat. Ah, uh, yes. The um, uh, Will's mom in Stranger Things. Yes. I mean, I know she's been in a lot more than that. She but. was also in um, Mr. Deeds with Adam mm -hmm. Sandler. Joyce, that's her name in Stranger Things. I yeah. Think. I did watch a little bit of the uh, the, the Stranger Things show. <laughs> a, a little bit of the Stranger Things. Hey, what are you kids watching? Is that that they're the Strange Things show? <laughs> I have like I tried watching it. I I just I ended up falling asleep every time I tried. You uh. I'm beginning to think that's more of a you problem than a problem with the things you watch, because you fall asleep to everything. I do, I do. <laughs> that's definitely not a problem with that show, trust me. <laughs> oh, man. But do you have any love for Spiel Spielbergian sci-fi like E.T.? Oh, dude, I love E.T. E.T. Okay, was well, a staple when I was a kid. It's supposed to be very reminiscent of that era of of, of oh, things like eight, like eighties sci-fi horror. Uh, Sarah actually does like Stranger Things, so at some point, I'm sure her and I will sit down and binge through it. Ah, good. Someone to keep you awake. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's gonna listen to this. I know. I know so, she will. Um, yeah. You have my you have my permission to slap him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wake up! <laughs> oh, man. All right. I actually know from personal experience that uh, a nice cold ice cube down the back works wonders as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done that to me <laughs> right? on... You've done that to me on a number of occasions, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, those were back in the days of the party times. Yes, yes. Too old for that shit now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Anyways. Get off my lawn! Speaking of getting old, time is of the essence, so I'm supposing before we turn into our own Haunted Mansion ghosts, we get a move on and jump into the topic of this episode. Yes. All right, everyone, welcome to this episode's topic, which is all about our favorite multimedia franchises. And again, a reminder, these are franchises with canonical entries spread across different forms of media. Um, I think... I'll, I'll kick us off with a very strong example because it has shit all over the place. Assassin's Creed. The Assassin's, yeah. Creed, the Assassin's Creed franchise is made up mostly of video games, but even there, those games are spread across different platforms and types. You have AAA games, indie games, side games, numbered games. But then 
there are movies. There's live action, mm-hmm. live action and, yes. and animated movies that are part of the fran- that are canonical. The Assassin's Creed Two has a prequel movie that comes bundled with the game that's about his father. Um, okay, and. The Michael Fassbender live-action Assassin's Creed movie is canonical to the franchise. It serves as a um, a bridge between the uh, between the when they stopped at like Assassin's Creed Syndicate and then kind of like soft rebooted the franchise with Origins with the RPG style. So okay. that movie serves as a bridge between those two points in the franchise basically okay okay i say as far as assassin's creed goes like i've seen the movie the movie i it wasn't great because it wasn't as a fan, great. Of, as a fan of the series i'll be honest it wasn't great i'm not necessarily uh, uh okay I, I i enjoy the series but the only game that I really take out of it, because I'm not really a, a, a huge fan of the games, the only game I am a huge fan of uh, at this point, I would have to say, would be uh, Valhalla. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember you've mentioned that before because of the Norse mythology yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And that, I think part of it, to like if you like the gameplay style of Valhalla then I think you would like the gameplay style of the two that came before it as well Origins and Odyssey um which are also Egyptian and Greek mythology respectfully or respectively okay um so if you like those types of mythologies as well then you'd enjoy those but also that that particular trilogy is an open-world RPG-style gameplay, whereas the older Assassin's Creed games, the previous ones, were more of a jumping from rooftops and, like, hiding in hay bales and jumping out and giving someone a surprise snogging, you know, kind of gameplay style. It was more... It was stealth-based, but also a lot of parkour. Like, a lot... Parkour and stealth were the two main things in the Assassin's Creed franchise. And they oh, yeah, most definitely. threw all of that out the window with the newer games because it's a bunch of empty desert land. So there's not a lot to parkour off of. <laughs> so, right. um, but, you know, uh, people enjoyed them. Um, but there, you believe it or not, there are books. There are books that are canonical to the overall Assassin's Creed franchise. They take place um, in the connected universe. The books however, focus specifically on stories of assassins that don't get covered in the games. Like, they just released a new one. I can't remember what it's called, but this one focuses on the v- on an assassin in the Vietnam War. Okay. Um, yeah, so the books do that. And now they're going to start spreading the shit into mobile games and stuff, too. So, um... Okay. And there is that VR game, Assassin's Creed Nexus, coming up, but that one is just, like... It looks like we're reliving memory, key memories from popular assassins throughout the franchise in VR, but the most recent trailer I saw for it seemed to indicate that you're being connected by... or being contacted by 
the modern day assassins and they need your help to find something so they're having you go through these things so it too probably somehow god forbid ties into the overall story <laughs> of right. the franchise so yeah assassin's creed is probably one of the longest running and biggest like examples of m multimedia franchises that I can think of off the top of my head. I can't think of a single other thing that is spread across games, movies, and books that has been going on as long as that, that series has. Fair um, enough. You know, so that's probably, like, the biggest and most prominent example of, like, if you are a hardcore dedicated fan, then you probably have a shelf dedicated to just Assassin's Creed shit. Like, here's a part for yeah. the games, here's a part for the books, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I would so. say another really good example would be Harry Potter. Yes, so um, so the movies are an ad adaptation of the books, but yes. there are other pieces of media besides the movies and books that are canonical to the story. Yes, Which Hogwarts, like Le Hogwarts Legacy, for example. Hogwarts Legacy is set in 1890. In 1891, this is roughly 100 years before the events of Harry Potter. I'm just going to read it as it says. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, like... Let's see here. You got names in this game. Like... Let's see, let me scroll down the list here. The first one I saw. You've got okay, so uh you got all of the, the, the house ghosts in it. Nearly headless Nick is still nearly headless Nick in the game. Uh Peeves is in it. We've got um uh Okay, so the first name that pops up here, uh, it's you'll if you're if you're a fan of the series, you'll you'll you you can't forget the Weasleys. We've got Professor Matilda Weasley. Uh, she is one of the professors in the game. Uh, we've got let's see. Oh shit! I uh I I I I, I scrolled past. Uh, Professor Phineas Nigellus Black. He is the headmaster and an ancestor of Sirius Black. Okay. Um. Looking through. Gareth Weasley. He's in Gryffindor. I don't see any other familiar names. But the, but base, the... the basic premise here is that the game takes place... It, it's a canonical prequel to the Harry Potter franchise. So yes, because okay. there is stuff in the game that uh, is that is canonical in the books. Like Ollivander's Wand <laughs> Shop. Um, you've got... Um, right. Uh, all of the other different bookshops in the, uh, like, the, uh, 
the the pubs in Hogsmeade. And, okay. And in the the PlayStation edition, there is a shop that you can open on your you can open up in Hogsmeade where you can go like when you like when your inventory is full, uh you can go to your shop uh and sell the goods. But before you can open the shop, you have to go through what would be considered the PlayStation exclusive um portion of the game uh where you have to fight off like mannequins and shit and this is why i want to see markiplier play this game the playstation (laughs) edition more specifically (laughs) i want to see markiplier play this game i really do i i don't know if he ever will but um (laughs) i am excited for the um iron lung movie that he's making though yeah yeah, based off an indie horror game called Iron Lung, he's making that movie. Okay. Yes, yes. So, okay. Um, you know, uh, also for Harry Potter, isn't there a book that takes place after the events of the movies that didn't? Yes. Get its, that didn't get its own movie. Yes, actually, I have it sitting right here. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two. Play script, uh, based on an original story by J.K. Rowling, John Tiffany and Jack Thorne, a play by Jack Thorne. Okay. And I'm looking in the in the in, in, inside the book. It uh it actually um it's laid out like a play script would. It it tells you who's saying what at what time. Uh, and it gives you their lines and shit. So yeah, it's basically like a it's like a, it's a script in the form of a book. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, this was also a an actual play uh, in London. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that is. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up uh, because that will help me segue into my next thing because the one of these things i've been waiting to talk about this one for a while actually this is a video game series at its core but has so many outside things that are canonical to it including of all things a freaking stage play so um okay so there are these games called Near and Near Automata, um, and they are like these, like you know, like uh, over the top action type games, uh, you know, Devil May Cry style combat, but with a Square Enix JRPG uh, aesthetic to it. Um, yeah, I, I would actually say the first one, the second one is more Devil May Cryish. The first one is more like Zelda, but either way, okay. Um, they're both great, but um, the big gimmick about these games is that they have several different endings, and uh-huh. you need all of these endings in order to get the full story. So it's hard to get people to get into these games because they hear that and they think, oh shit, so I gotta play this long-ass RPG like four different times? No, 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 that's not how it works. How it works is... You play the game once, and it'll probably be like a normal, like, maybe 10 to 20 hour playthrough, but you 
uh, you beat the game, quote-unquote beat it, credits roll, but then when you start over and play again, things are different now. In the case of the first game, it starts... Uh, it starts with like an extra like story, and in the case of Nier Automata, the second game specifically, it's mm-hmm. more it's more noticeable because the first time you play that game, you play as a character named Two B, and then when you start the second playthrough, you play as her sidekick Nine S, and you get a different perspective. You get to see different things, different parts of the story, and uh. you l- learn new information. So once okay. you've once you've beaten the game as both of them. You then, once you keep going, that's only the halfway point of the whole game. Then it starts what's known as Playthrough C, and it unlocks the second half of the game, and everything from there is brand new content continuing the story. And that's what leads you to the true ending. So it's not that you're replaying the same game over and over again to get different endings. You're not. You're, each ending is basically a chapter in the story. Okay. That that tells the whole thing. So when the credits roll, you're not actually done. You're just done with that chapter, but you still have plenty of game left to go. You know, you know what I mean. It's new. It's new every time you play it because it it continues the story from where you left off with the last one. So yeah. So Uh, because of that, um, what there is uh, a huge gap between the events of the first game and the second one. And what leads up to these uh, is explained in a freaking stage play of all things. But that's not all. There are books, also novels, that take place in this game's universe that kind of like tell backstories of other characters. Like a robot that you meet in a junk heap in the first game that grows into a powerful monster by the time the second game comes around thousands of years later. And there's a book okay. all about his journey. <laughs> um so it's just weird shit like that um and also on top of that to confuse things even further in america the original game was just released as near and you play as the old guy and the daughter he's trying to save or the girl he's trying to save is his daughter but in japan they had two versions they had near replicant and near gestalt gestalt and gestalt was the one where it's the old guy and his daughter but replicant instead of an old guy and his daughter it was um a younger guy and his sister that he was trying to save. And okay. that that is the version that got remastered and re-released on modern consoles, or at least on the PS4 uh, recently. So, um, uh, like a few years back, it got like a PS4 uh, remaster. So, and it's okay. called Near Replicant. So it is possible to play both Near Replicant and Near Automata are both on PS4, and they can both be played on PS5. Um, and they are solid games that I strongly recommend. You do not really need any of the in-between stuff to really fully understand them, but you do have to be willing to invest the the time to make them worth it. But I wanted to mention it because it's a very good story about, like, you know, ro- like robots having the feelings of humans and stuff like that. You know, it toys with that kind of thing again. Yeah. Um, so, um... I really enjoy those, and that that's one of my favorite multimedia franchises, but I didn't uh, go out of my way to get all the other pieces of the story. I just listened to someone else explain it on YouTube, <laughs> so okay. that's what I did with that. But yeah, um, that's, that, that's one of them, though, where the pieces of 
there's a character named A2 in the second game, and her story, her backstory is told in a damn stage play that's exclusive to Japan. So I had to okay, get the story yeah. of that off of YouTube. There was, okay, so there's another, uh, I don't know if this would be considered multimedia, like, multimedia, but, um, because there was, uh, there was a movie, there was a, like a, I, I think there was a few movies that they have made about the show, One Piece, um, but I wanted to, I wanted to actually talk about this for a brief second, uh, because last I heard i'd have to check her twitter um but jamie lee curtis should be uh having a role in season two of the live action one piece on netflix oh okay the live action adaptation yeah Yeah, the live action adaptation of um of one piece cast confirmed right if something has um, movies that are part of it that are uh, part of the story, then I count it. Anime actually does this a lot. There's two ways that they do it. Anime has this way of um, bringing in movies that are part of the story technically but are not necessary to watch in order to get the full story. If you're just watching the anime, you can safely skip them and it'll make no difference because they rarely ever mention the events of the movie in the anime itself. Um, Right, yeah, yeah. Pokemon did that a lot. I don't... They did... There were some things that were important in the movies that carried over the show, particularly some Togepi stuff. um, Yeah. In some of them, but, like, for the most part, they didn't, like, really ever call back to it. Like, you know, season 17 or whatever, Pokemon didn't start, and they didn't be like, man, that was a crazy adventure with Mewtwo, wasn't it? You know, they just moved on. Right. (laughs) You know, but... Uh, My Hero Academia does this too, where they all the movies that they've put out have been pretty decent, but none of them matter to the overall story at all. Fair enough. Like, they they make no difference whatsoever. So, but they are cool movies. Um, And I do feel, like, more fulfilled for having seen them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I am getting a fuller picture, but they always do the... um, Sometimes movies based on animes also do this thing where they, like, dig too hard into the certain characters like one note jokes like the angry character is like suddenly extra angry angry because it makes the audience laugh yeah (laughs) angry (laughs) (laughs) might as well they act like fucking babies me (laughs) angry but you know what i mean like they just go overboard on the character's particular tropes in the movies for some reason you know it's like, hey, remember the thing that make that this character does like once an episode that makes you laugh? We're gonna make them do it seventeen times in the movie. See, there is an there's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I just had another thought. It does count though because it shows and movies it? Okay. that are part of that are all. It's canonical. If it's canonical, it counts. So okay. Yeah. Um, and I know the Pokemon movies are canonical to the show because some of the shit does carry over the show. Yeah. And the stuff, and at those point, when those movies happen, wherever they are at that point in the show is the lineup of Pokemon they have in the coming movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there is some carryover, there is some crossover. Yeah. 
oh, you know what? South Park. Because they they not only have the bigger, longer, and uncut movie to go along with their long ass show, but they also have those um those standalone two parter movies on Paramount Plus. The, the I was COVID- just gonna say South Park is another really good one. The COVID uh, the COVID specials and yes, the, uh, the, the the um the one about the, the water the streaming wars. Yes. Yeah. Yep, so that's another one, because that shit's all canonical, because they, at least now it is, because they started doing continuity back in season 18, and they just carried stuff over, like gluten-free yeah. beer, like gluten-free beer, and, right. and Randy being Lord. Um, Bro, I will say, like, the, um, the, the two-parter episode where they have, uh, where Jeff Bezos is basically an alien, and they have an Amazon built in, in South Park. Like, bro, I shit you not. They got everything down to a T, down to the color of the fucking turnstiles in that show, in that that episode. That was good. That was, like, they must have had Jeff Bezos himself give them a tour (laughs) of one of their facilities, or they had some, or, or, or... Someone on the inside. Yeah, someone on the inside that was feeding information to them. Something like that. Or taking pictures and shit. Yeah, somehow they saw the inside. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a good example if you consider all the entries canonical. Um, so, and I mean, I guess they technically are. You know, they fill up certain yeah. gaps, gaps between seasons and stuff. They um, do. Futurama did that too when they got canceled. They tried to finish the show up with like four movies back to back. And those four movies just make a whole season. Um, <laughs> right. Then they came back. Um, another strong example that I can think of, <clears throat> I'm trying because I'm trying to think of things that go really crazy with it. Like movies and shows is more reasonable, but like some of the shit like Assassin's Creed, where they want you to like books and stuff too, then that's why Star Wars. Sta- and stage plays. That's wild. Yeah, Star Wars because it's movies, shows, and video games. There are canonical video games and Jedi, books. Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor are canonical. And there are canonical books, yes, but but that's where we not like, not not all of the books are canonical anymore. Some of them have been retconned by the new <laughs> by the new storylines. Fair enough. Okay, so I do know that there was and that a Christmas book. special is definitely not canon. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I will say uh, that there that I had someone bring to my attention that. When season one of The Mandalorian was going on, they already knew what his real name was. They already knew it was Grogu because Grogu was mentioned in one of the books. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor are both canonical. They both take place between three and four, where a lot of this side shit takes place, actually, because that's the biggest gap in the franchise. I'm Actually, I'm I'm a I'm well, a terrible it, fucking Star Wars fan because I have been slacking on these shows that Disney Plus has been putting out. Mandalorian, however, takes place between six and seven, uh, which is also a big gap to a big time gap. The the trilogies, yeah. the gaps between the three trilogies in the franchise is where most mm-hmm. of the shows, the shows and side movies take place. So Rogue One is a prequel leading directly up to the events of Star Wars Four: A New Hope. Yeah. Um, Solo takes place, like, around the same time as Jedi Fallen Order, actually, between three and four. 
Um, okay. Back in that timeline. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. There's that new Ubisoft one coming out that's kind of like Star Wars meets Assassin's Creed meets Siphon Filter. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks really good. Um, I can't tell if that one's going to be like part of the story or not, but it might as well be at this point, you know? Um, right. These are all just adventures happening in different universes. There was a... Um, a series of, like, animated shorts that different people did that were kind of, like, what-if scenarios that are not considered canonical. They were just, like, having fun with the sandbox, you know? Okay. Um, but, yeah, the show, as far as the shows, not only do you have the live-action shows, but there are cartoons, too, that are also, like, canon, like the Clone Wars. Yeah, um, that one, and I think I remember... The Bad Ryan Batch and, and Ryan Rebels. Spent Right, yeah, I was going to say, Brian and Spencer were talking about Rebels tying into Ahsoka. Yes, yep. There's that, too. Which, so, makes me think that I need to watch Rebels before watching Ahsoka. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been... That's the only reason I haven't yet, but, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about it. I do want to watch Ahsoka, though. It's like the whole reason I renewed my Disney+. Plus. Um, Fair enough. But, yeah, so and Disney, Star Wars... Disney Plus is, like, they're a multi-billion dollar company. Netflix had to build their empire. Disney already had that empire. So I don't know why they're getting all greedy with like the password sharing shit that, that's going to be going on here soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a Netflix. But since we're on the subject of Disney, why don't we talk about Disney m movies that got spread across multiple pieces of media or had yeah. a lot of, like, spinoff things that, like, um, I mean, obviously Star Wars, so the MCU counts, too, because it's got, you know, the MCU has movies, uh, TV shows, and comic books that are all part of the story. There, yes, there yes. are there are comic books that fill in gaps between the movies. There are, really? like, legit licensed prequel comics to some of the movies, yes. Okay. Yep. So... Yeah, so there's your full story. That's a prime example of what I'm talking about. Movie shows and comic books. Um, and yeah. it's, this is probably, besides Assassin's Creed, one of the longest-running examples of this. Uh, yeah, thing. I'd have Having to say started that. back, I, th I would say actually it has one year up on AC because this started in 2008 with Iron Man and Assassin's Creed's first entry, I think, was in 2009. I'll tell could, you one thing that's could been be running wrong, longer. Though. I'll what? tell you something that's been running longer that's technically still Disney related. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts actually came out. Yeah, you're right. It came out in 2001, 2002, the first one. Yes. This, now, this one is cheating a little, if I'm being honest, because there is not much in this franchise that is canonical to it besides the games. But. Within the games, there is a huge spread around among multiple different platforms, even from different companies, like basically okay. PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, yeah. But that being said, though, to, in all fairness, you can, if you have a PS4 or 5, play almost every single game in the franchise on one platform now. Um, yeah, and, and the ones that were on Nintendo handhelds have been turned into movies for your convenience. So nice um, on these HD collections. So um, 
as much as I love talking about this franchise, I don't know if I can really count this one because, yeah, it has games and movies, but they're all on the same disc. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. They Now, they, they do have a mobile game, but it's still a video game, technically. Yeah, yeah um, true. So, basically, the entire franchise is a video game. They do have a manga, but it's an adaptation. It's the same story as the games. Gotcha, you know? okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. As far as I can tell so far, they haven't done anything extra that is like that you have to, you know, that isn't a game that you have to pay attention to for the story. I you mean, know? I did hear a rumor that at some point they want to do a Kingdom Hearts based series on Disney Plus. It was they were thinking about it for a while. There was like a um, a scrapped pilot that was leaked on YouTube for a while really but it would be it was going to be an adaptation it was going to be the same story as the first game gotcha okay yeah um but staying in the disney realm because i do have another really good example that falls in the square enix jrpgs area but i'm going to hold off on that until we get off the disney train and um let's talk about disney movies that got animated series that we consider to be canon. So, like, for example, Hercules had an animated series about when he was a teenager, and I think if you look at that as taking place during the montage when he was growing up during the movie, then, yeah. then that's then canon. That, that's, that is, yeah, that is canon, yeah. You know, it's n not necessarily mandatory viewing to appreciate the story of the movie, but I do think right. it, it gives you, if you like the movie, it gives you more. You yes, know? and I will it's say it's just fun to talk about these. I mean, Winnie the Pooh probably got an ass load of it. Had, he had like fucking seventeen movies and a TV show. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch was another one. They have a TV yes. show, and oh my god, I love Lilo and Stitch. I love that show because it was like Pokemon kinda, you know, it was like Yeah, a, it was. It, and it had like the monster of the week formula where every episode they were dealing with a different experiment. Yeah. And that's and what I loved about it. It it did, it was it was canonical because they did have movies that uh they did have movies that they did have movies that uh that did actually like tie in with um that did tie in with uh, the with show. The Remind me, did it take place between the first and second movie or after the events of the second one? Where did the sandwich guy come in? Sandwich guy? Uh, he came in, in... Ooh, I'm gonna have to look this up real quick. Hold on one <laughs> second. Experiment 625. Yeah, he... Uh, Because Sparky, there was the one about Sparky, right? Yeah, Sparky was, that was, um... Because they even reference him in Stitch, King, that was... Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, because he's actually a boss battle in the Lilo and Stitch world in that one. I think the one about Sparky was Lilo and Stitch to Stitch has a glitch. Okay, so that's where we got introduced to the experiments, and then the series was based off that. Yes. That's what so, I remember. Okay. okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, that's the exact opposite. It's a the prequel? Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, the series, came out in 2003. Lilo and Stitch 2 came out in 2005. 
Okay, so Stitch the movie has a glitch. Made the movie probably takes place at some point during the series then. Or and then depending Stitch. on how long the series ran for. Okay, no. The movie Stitch the movie. Stitch the movie is where we got introduced to Sparky. Okay. Was the that mov- a prequel? Stitch the movie came before Lilo and Stitch the series. So the series is based on Stitch the movie. Okay, I think I, Hold on. I remember let that me, now. Let <laughs> me uh So Stitch the Stitch the movie came out in August on August 25th, 20 uh, 2003. And then we got okay, we got Leroy and Stitch uh Stitch the series. Right, right. Okay. Uh Damn. Stitch Stitch the series came out September 20th of 2003. So yeah, Stitch the movie came first. So the 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 series is based on Stitch the movie. Okay. Um what are then, some others what are some others that got a uh got a um TV show? The Little Mermaid had an animated series. Aladdin. They did. Aladdin they, had one. They did. Um I want to oh, say the the events of the Aladdin animated series take place after the second movie. I wouldn't make. I wouldn't say it's canonical, but the Mighty Ducks had a uh, had an animated series. Oh yeah, definitely not canonical if it's because the the shows were live action. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Based on a real team, the Mighty Ducks animated series, they were actually ducks. <laughs> like, but if you do, if you do want to get technical, we had the uh, the Mighty Ducks movies, and then we had this series that Disney Plus had done called Mighty Ducks. <clears throat> okay, there you go. That counts. Mighty Ducks. Uh, the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And I was actually excited to see this because Emilio Estevez came back to reprise his role as Coach Bombay from the original movies. So the, the show, after falling, after failing to make the cut, to join now powerhouse Mighty Ducks junior hockey team, 12-year-old Evan's mother encourages him to form a new team of underdogs with help from Gordon Bombay, the Ducks' original coach. Damn, okay. Yes. Speaking of old movies that got TV shows based around them, I think Cobra Kai from... No, uh, the Karate, karate Kid. Karate Kid. Yeah. Yep. Karate Kid, Cobra Kai are part Still of the same Still kind of like remaining so. in the Disney realm though. Uh another live action show uh, a show that based I don't know if it's I don't know if it's canon or not cuz I didn't really watch the show. I watched maybe one or two episodes. Um Turner and Hooch. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't know, know about that one so much. I don't know if it's canon or not. But, but yeah, I mean, no, Cobra they're... Cobra Kai, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's yeah, I actually I uh I have a Cobra Kai t shirt. I now, absolutely love love Cobra Kai. I love do the you karate remember kid. The, uh... Oh, sorry, keep going. Love the karate kid. Um and I've heard that they're going to be doing at some point, I don't know when. But I heard this a while ago. 
they're going to be doing a sequel to Jackie Chan's uh, Karate Kid movie. Uh, and I think Jaden Smith is coming back for this one. He might be. I'm not sure. I, I cannot remember if that's what I read or not. But I do know that they are hoping to do a uh, a a sequel to it. Okay. Um. Uh, do Do you remember the animated Timon and Pumbaa series? Yes. Yes, I do. I love that so, show so would much. You, would you consider that canonical? And if so, where would you squeeze it in? No, I don't think that would be considered canonical. Could it not take place in the time that Simba was growing up with them in the jungle? Uh, I don't know if he... I can't remember if he was in any of the episodes or not. I think he was. He was mostly just focused on Timon and Pumbaa, though, but Simba did show up yeah. once in a blue moon. Maybe it takes place after the fact. Maybe it takes place after the first movie. Yeah. Because Lion King 1 and a half was canonical. Um, it was. It was. So maybe oh, I'm gonna put a hard put a hard maybe on that one. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, there was a lot of like I I don't know I I think Aladdin could be a hard maybe too. But in the show, remember that Iago and Genie are part of the team, so it could very well take place after the second movie. Um, yeah, because I think that's when Iago officially joined the team as a good guy. Uh, was after the events of the second one. Yeah. Um, because yeah. he's there and he's there in full force and for Aladdin and the King of Thieves. So rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Yes, exactly. Um, so I could say safely, I think you could s- safely snug Aladdin's animated series in between the second and third movie. Yeah, um, yeah, is where I would put it. I don't know about the Little Mermaid's animated series. I would say maybe a prequel to the movie because it seems to be when. She's more doing, like, sea life stuff. Yeah. And all of her sisters are there and shit. Um, Most of her adventures in that show took place under the sea, so maybe beforehand. There's a Star Wars... There's an animated Star Wars series that I don't know if it would be considered canonical. Just, I'm backtracking to Star Wars for a second. Um, I don't know if it would be considered canonical, but it came out in the 80s. Oh, it was the uh, the Ewoks I think, cartoon. I think I think I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I I want to say no. I want to hope maybe not. <laughs> to be honest, right? I mean, but, I still I still watch it from time to time. It's on Disney Plus. Is it? Yeah, you have to you have to dig for it, but it's on there. Questionable then. A hard maybe on that one too. So. I'll tell you what is a prime example of uh, another good prime example of this. There are actually so everyone knows in the Final Fantasy series most of the games are all standalone entries. Every numbered yeah. entry is a is a new standalone entry. You don't have to play any of the other ones before it to understand it. Any of that they all can exist in a connected multiverse, but they're not really connected to each other in any way besides like chocobos and shit. Right. So. Um, but some of the games did have direct prequels and sequels, and they spread their story among different pieces of media. And the three prime examples of this are 7, 10, and, um, 13. Actually, 15, actually 15 as well. 15 
I will just say really quickly, has a movie that takes place before the game called Kingsglaive. But if you got the the special edition like I did, then it came with the movie anyways. Okay. Um, which was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, it had the movie that came called Kingsglaive. Um, and, but 7 is the biggest culprit of this because Final Fantasy 7 originally, PS1 game, yeah. and then... It had a direct sequel in the form of a movie called Advent Children. Um, okay. And that was like an animated movie. And there was a prequel on the PSP called Crisis Core. And okay. And then there was another sequel on the PS2 called Dirge of Cerberus. Um, and then, on top of all that, in order to fill in the gaps between Seven and the movie, there was a novel release called On the Way to a Prayer or something like that. Um, okay. That that tells you the story of what everyone was up to after the events of the game. And, uh, and now we have the remake trilogy, which serves as a sort of requel that, uh, takes, that is not only a retelling of the original story, but it's also a sequel that takes to it, that takes place in an alternate timeline. Right. So it's got a lot, it's got a lot going for it. And then final fantasy 13 did it as well by having three games in its trilogy, one, two, and Lightning Returns. But then, at after the end of Lightning Returns, if you want to know what happened uh-huh. to everyone, you got to read a book. There's okay. a book. <laughs> There's a novel that that tells you the story of what happened to everyone after they moved to the new world in the end right. of that trilogy. But and then Final Fantasy X has a, some crazy shit where they have the first game that ends perfectly. But then they have the second game, which if you get the quote-unquote good ending, retcons the ending of the first one, which then leads into a book that does something unspeakable to one of the protagonists, which then leads into a fucking audio drama, of all things, that you can listen to on the HD collection Mm -hmm. of these games. But it's literally, it's called Last Will, and it is just like a 30-minute audio drama that you listen to, and it ends on such a somber cliffhanger that it's almost irritating. (laughs) But if you want the full story of that franchise, you gotta listen to it. Yeah. Uh, it is canonical. It is canonical, unfortunately. But if you ask a lot of fans, they'll say it's not, or at least they choose to believe it's not because they can't even believe it right. exists in the first place. But you know, unfortunately, your head cannon can't change reality. So yeah, um, it, it exists and it's canon, unfortunately. But it is what it is. But those are a few examples in the Final Fantasy universe that uh, of um, games that have movies and or books that go along with them for the full story. Um, Dragon Age, I recently learned, is another one. The Dragon Age franchise, which is three games, one, two, and Inquisition. Or Origins to an Inquisition. But um, there are books that kind of tell the story of some of the background, like some of the other characters in those, like the main villain of the first game, there's a book about him, you know that kind of like tells his backstory. So if anybody cares about the deeper lore of that franchise, there are books that they can read that kind of dig in to that. Um, I was just thinking dead space too, uh, okay. is another one because there are, there are animated movies on mm-hmm. Netflix that are, one of them is a prequel to the first game. And one of them takes be- place between the first and okay. second game. 
So, if you want the full story of the Dead Space uh, franchise, you got to play all three games and watch the two animated movies. And there's a visual novel game that yeah. you can play as well. So, um, so um, let's see. Um, hmm. What else are we thinking of? How about Ratchet and Clank? Ratchet and Clank, yeah, the the games and the movie. Because there is a movie that is canonical to the games. Correct. Yes, I would I would argue that it is as well. Um, if you consider it, do, it definitely helps. It feels like a, it's like a like a requel, like a reboot kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, franchises originating in comic strips, comic books, and other printed cartoons. One that really stands out to me is the Adams Family. Oh yeah, yeah, because they have is 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 Wednesday like canonical to the original movies? I don't stuff? know. I don't know. I'm not or entirely sure. Is I know it's Adams... a spinoff. Is each Adam's family story like a new story? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Hmm. Um. Well, I would say for a while there, Sonic the Hedgehog counted because there was an animated series called Sonic Adventure. Not the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, just Sonic Adventure. Was it like, yeah. No, or, I know no, not, no, talking about. no, no, wait, not Sonic Adventure. It was something else. It was something, but it was it wasn't the so there was like the one with Steve Urkel that was more like cartoony and had like a with the robot chicken uh chasing after him and um yeah. it had like like a PSA in every episode like remember kids don't talk to strangers you know um mm -hmm. that's not the one I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the one that was a little more dark and gritty that had like Princess Sally Acorn in it um yeah. there was like a rabbit there was. Sonic comic strips that went along with that show. I remember really? specifically because I used to see, sit there and look at them in the store as a kid. Yes. Um, did I mention Resident Evil yet? No. So Resident Evil, to be clear, the live action movies with Mila Jokovic are not um, are not canonical to the games. They take place in a separate universe. However, there are animated movies animated movies that are animated like the games that are canonical to the games and take place in the same connected universe and there is an animated series on netflix as well that's also part of the story okay um so yeah they have that they have that going for them mass effect i want to say has books maybe i think there might be books behind mass effect um that kind of give backstory into some characters. I wouldn't be surprised because if Dragon Age has them, and that's a Bioware game, then Mass Effect probably has them too. You know we can't we can't have this talk without talking about The Last of Us. Yeah, but I would say so. The Last of Us show is an adaptation to the game, though. Not like okay, a yeah, true. Not true, like true. a necessary okay. entry in it. I would. Yeah, that one's going to be a good discussion for the adaptations episode for sure. Um, I do think, though, there might be, um, there might be books. For The Last of Us? E yes, yeah. So The Last of Us franchise 
has... Nope, nope, I was wrong. It is just the the Last of Us, the Left Behind DLC, the remastered version, part two, the part one remake, and the untitled multiplayer game. Or is it? There was a comic book called The Last of Us American Dreams published by Dark Horse Comics, and it was written by Neil Druckmann. Um, Okay. So I think you could consider that canonical. Uh, franchises originating in toys, attractions, and other media. Uh, let's um, see. Uh, let's see. Huh. Let's see. Barbie is 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 on this list. Uh, Care Bears, Digimon, GI Joe. They've got the toys. They've got the movies. They've got the comics. They've got the cartoon. Uh. Yeah. See. This. The, the the list that they have here on Wikipedia is is looking more in the terms of like um, franchises that are spread across mul- multiple pieces of media. I um, for the there is one more I have that is canonical entries, and then I think possibly two, and then I think it's safe for us to jump into ones that are just spread around in general. You know what I mean? Like, that's what most of this is on this list anyways, is stuff that's spread around in general. Um, but I definitely wanted to give some heavy focus on the ones where, you, like, you have to partake of everything to get the full story, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think a um, a pretty solid example that I'm actually seeing r- right here and now is Beavis and Butthead, because they actually have two movies and the original show, and the new show, and it's all yeah. part of the same story. Okay. Um, so that's a good example. No, but I, I have w- another another really, really, really good one that is about the, the canonical before I get there. Um, Danganronpa, because uh, I mentioned it earlier, um, and I, I, I have yeah. to mention it again. The reason for this is because the story of Danganronpa, like the full story is made up of, like, three games in an anime. There's Danganronpa 1, uh, okay. called Tr- Trigger Happy Havoc. Then there's, okay. da- then there's Danganronpa Extra Episode Ultra Despair Girls. It's basically 1.5, takes place between 1 and 2. Um, okay. Then there's Danganronpa 2, Good- Goodbye Despair. These are all video games so far. But then, after you finish that game, in order to finish the story from there, you have to watch an anime called Danganronpa 3, The End of Hope's Peak Academy. And there are two two seasons for that. The Despair arc, which is a prequel to the entire franchise, and then the Future arc, which is the end of the story for the entire franchise. There is one more game called Danganronpa V3, but it takes place in an alternate reality. So it's not not fully canonical to the rest of the story so it's so after playing three games two of them being visual novels and one of them being a third person survival horror in order to get the end actual ending of the story you have to watch an anime so So i had that is that that's a really good example because you have to watch that anime if you want to see the end right okay so there is another there's actually a couple um that i want to talk about real quick that i was actually it's it's a lot of the references in the first movie is canonical to the ride. Okay. P- 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, another and, thing I, I would consider an adaptation, probably. Yeah. The movie is adapted from the ride. Same with... It's, um, a, good, it's a good one, though. Same with uh, The Haunted Mansion. Absolutely, ah, yes. yeah. The Haunted Mansion yes. was another really good one. There was a lot of canonical stuff in the movie that was canon from the ride. Do you think Scooby-Doo is a good example of this? Because they had, like, the animated series, but they also, yeah. had, they yeah. also had animated movies to go along with their animated series? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I would say it, it's, it's, I would say it's canon. I don't, I don't know. Scooby-Doo had a weird continuity. They uh, sure but, did. But there is an order to their shows. There definitely there is. is an order. There really um, is. What are some other, kind of circling back a little bit, what are some other Disney things that got, oh, Toy Story has a bunch of shorts, like they had like their Halloween specials, Christmas specials, all that, that are kind of like, then you, you got know, I, in I between stories. Yeah, and you also got Lightyear, which is basically the movie that Andy watched to get excited about his new toy, that Buzz Lightyear, that he got in the first movie. Yeah, kind of an in-universe movie that exists. Yeah, so I mean, itself. I would, I would say that that would fall under that, wouldn't you say? Even though they're two separate movies. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree that it, it because it's it's an in-universe thing. So yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, you're a fan of Wallace and Gromit. Did that have? Is that was that a show and movies? There, the, the, it started as a show, and then they had a Wallace and Gromit movie, and I think there, if it's not already released, uh, they were going to be doing a Wallace and Gromit two. Okay, and they have video games too. Yes, they do. I don't know if the video games are canonical, but they have them. Uh, they um, do. They do have them. I'm not sure if they're cano- canonical either. Um, oh, here's a franchise that has canonical video game entries. Um, um, Back to the Future. The So you have the first three movies, right? But believe it or not, there's actually a fourth entry to the Back to the Future story. It's a video game made by Telltale Games back in the day when they were more about the point-and-click puzzles instead of the quick-time events and narrative yeah. choices. Yeah. Um, this is more akin to like one of their Sam and Max games back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was a back to the, a five episode episodic back to the future game, um, that takes place canonically after the events of the first three movies. Yeah. Oh, another, another really good example is Rugrats. Rugrats, they, after they had, uh, Dill in the first movie, they brought Dill into the show and yes, same yep, with, yep, same yep. same with when they did rugrats in paris when uh chaz chucky's dad meets kimmy's mom in rugrats go to paris uh they contemplate kimmy's mom and kimmy in the show as well and they continue that with the all grown up special and then made the special into a show titled All Grown Up. Okay. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah that was that was another that was another really good one. Um 
Oh man, I just, I think uh, Tom and Jerry got like uh, like a big movie where like they finally talk in the movie. Yes, um, that was kind of like a big wrap up. Uh, yeah, type of thing. Oh, believe it or not, Final Destination. Because there's five movies. Yes, but did you know that there are books that take place in that universe as well? No, I didn't. Follow- yeah, there are Final Destination books that take place. They're like separate from the movies, but they're in the same universe, and they're about other incidents that happen. And there's actually references to them hidden in the movies. Like one of them is about a premonition about a bunch of deaths at a nightclub, and then in one of the later movies, you see in a newspaper article. If you like freeze frame and look close enough, you'll see that one of the articles is about the deaths in that nightclub that happened in one of the books. There so was a it's in universe. There was a book that I was reading when I was a kid. I never finished it because I I ended up losing it somewhere. But I had every intentions on finishing it. I can't for the life of me remember what the book was called. But I do know that it happened in the same universe as The Sixth Sense. Okay. And the premise was the 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 the, the this the um the story took place on an airplane. This kid was seeing, um, was seeing dead people, just like uh, Haley Joel Osment was in uh, the Sixth Sense movie. But he was seeing dead people on an airplane. Okay. But it happened in the same u- same universe. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. If I'll have I to could look into that because I didn't know about that one. If I could get my hands on a copy of that book again, I would. I would read the. I would read the shit out of that. I've got another surprise one for you, though. <clears throat> oh, Saw, because Saw has um, video games that you consider are, canonical. Yeah, two video games, Saw and Saw Two: Flesh and Blood, that take place between one and two, and two and three. That okay. I consider them canonical because the first one explains what happened to Detective Tap after the first movie. That um, makes sense, yeah. Danny Glover's character, which they leave you to believe that he bled to death after being shot, but nope, there he goes through another series of things. Um, Shit. But yeah, the officially licensed games, they're not necessarily necessary to appreciate the full narrative, but they do lead to some of the cooler traps in the series, if I'm being honest. One of them is an Iron Maiden made of saw blades. I mean, you can't tell me that isn't badass. Yeah, um, no, that is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, this, and they also have another version of the Pendulum Trap, but this one goes vertically instead of horizontally. Okay. So, yeah, so it'll slice you from the bottom up or top down let Um, me see if i can find the name of that book hold on one second but a lot of what happened in those games was a lot of rehashing in the first one you got to get out of a bear trap and in the second one you got to get out of the venus flytrap mask in the beginning yeah 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 uh They were Konami games too, so they played like like early Silent Hill, um, in a way with the the how the combat and the atmosphere and how the characters moved and stuff. I found it. All right, what was it called? The book you mentioned, The Sixth Sense: Secrets from Beyond Survivor. 
Okay. Okay. So a book canonical to the it's a se- It's a series. It's the three book series. Oh, it's, okay. It's uh, The Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Survivor. The Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Runaway. And Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Hangman. And okay. these all... It's okay. So it says by David Benjamin and David Levi Levithan includes books Survivor, Runaway, and Hangman. See the complete six sense secrets from beyond books series of book list in order. Okay, so the comparison titles. Okay, so if I could get my hands on this book series at some point, I would read the shit out of this. Because I, I absolutely loved that book. So I just thought of another game series that has books that are canonical to it. Do you, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, oh, do 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 they now? Yep, Five Nights at Freddy's have books that expand the lore. Um, okay. By a pretty large margin, Halo is actually another one. Halo not only has animated movie, I, I think an animated movie that goes along with it. I could be wrong about that. They also have there's. It's either an, an, oh yeah, the sh- the show on Paramount Plus is an adaptation, okay. I think, or it's either an adaptation or it's a prequel story. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think it might be an adaptation, though. I'd have to fact check that, but I do know that there was an animated either show or like short series that went along with the the story okay. of Master Chief. Um. But but I do know for a fact that there are books okay. uh, because our friend PJ is a huge fan of that franchise and he's read all the books so he knows like all the backstory about the Spartans and and like you know the the Halo yeah. project and all that stuff you know so those a, a lot of the a lot of game series long running game series that have books released for them like this that have. Um, they basically serve as like lore expansions. I I wouldn't say they're necessary to fully appreciate the stories Mm -hmm. of the games themselves, but they do help expand your knowledge of the overall universe for sure. And kind of give you maybe a better appreciation for the games as a result. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you for, for a, I'm going to throw you for a loop with this next one. Okay. Um, but this one, it started as a show, and then they have four movies. Okay. I can't go. I I can't. I can't be on this topic without talking about Jackass. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. They did do that. <laughs> they did they started a show? And yes. Had four movies, didn't they? And yes, I'm, they I'm, did, and, and the movies were fucking hilarious. It can not be canonical because it's all, like, real shit, you know what I mean? It's all, like, actually, yeah, actually exactly. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's all can- it's canonical to real life. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's a prime example. Um, yeah. Actually, it's a really good example. Uh, Darksiders is another game series, I would say, because they have games and books as well. Um I was gonna say, there was a Jackass video game for the PSP too. Oh, okay. Probably like an adaptation type deal, though, like a based on the show. It was, yeah, based on the. It was. It came out. 
I think after the first movie did. Okay. Oh, you. But they none of none of the stunts that were done in the game, I think, were ever on the show. I can't, or I can't believe I completely blanked on this too. But I mentioned Dragon Age earlier has books. They also have an they also have an uh-huh. anime series on Netflix, and there was a there was a live okay. action web series that was considered canonical that featured Felicia Day because the character that she plays in that she comes back to play again in a DLC for the second game. So. She's not related to Charlie Day, is she? No, I don't think so. Sometimes people <laughs> okay. have sometimes people have same last name, but no have same blood. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, but um, uh, no, I had a thought with that. I had a thought with that too. Oh yeah, uh, animated series. So Cyberpunk has an animated series on Netflix that I think takes yes, place they do. in the same universe. Um, yes, they do. Like I watched Edge a few episodes of that. Like that. Yeah, Edge Runner. Yeah, Cyberpunk Edge Runner. There's also League of Legends has expanded the story of its playable hero characters into an ass load of different things. One of them being a show on Netflix as well. Um, Arcane, it was called, I believe. Digimon had multiple different shows, and they had a few movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that anime thing, too, where, like, every new season of the show, they just treat, like, a new show in general, you know? <laughs> instead of yeah. being a new season of the same show, it's just a new show. Instead of instead of Pokemon Season 32, it's, like, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon Championship 49 Edition XL 700 Season 2, you know? In a nutshell, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it goes. Um, I do love, though, how it, My Hero Academia is one of the animes that does this, where whenever there's a new story arc going on, they change the animation of the opening and closing credits. So it's still the same show. It's still, like, season, like, you know, five or whatever into the same show, but since, you know, every, like, maybe, like, half a season, they'll change the opening and closing credits to match what's currently going on in the story. That makes sense. And I like that. You know, another... You know another show that uh another 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 series that uh that would be that has it has lore it's got books it's got a show it's got spin-off shows Game of Thrones The show is based off the books and there are more shows but it's just it's shows and shows you know the the, so the show the, is an the, adaptation the, of the books up until they got to the point where they caught up to the books and then had to like make it up as they went along. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. And then there's the games. I don't know if the games are canonical. Mm, okay, so I would argue that the Telltale game for Game of Thrones is canonical to the books specifically. Canonical to events of the books, because okay. the show is based on the books, but it doesn't exactly follow them to a T. There is okay. the, the the events of the Telltale game, Game of Thrones game, follows a story of a house you didn't know about, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, and you get to play as those poor souls as they go through their torment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you do get, like, a backseat, um, like a, like a a backseat perspective of the events of the red and purple weddings. Um, okay. In that game as well. So yes, canonical, I would say, uh, cause Tyrion, okay. uh, like Tyrion Lannister's in it. Joffrey's in it, you know, um, 
Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so they're in it. However, the one like RPG Game of Thrones game that they made, I wouldn't consider that one. That one was just like a weird spinoff. Um, yeah. But the Telltale game, I would consider it a part of the thing. I would consider Telltale games in general, for the most part, I would consider their entries to be canonical to the stories they're based around. Except, so like in the case of the Guardians of the Galaxy one, I would say it's canon. Yeah. It's canonical to their comic books, but not to the movies. Okay. Not to the movies. Okay. Makes sense. Just like the new Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out recently is its own standalone thing. It's not related to anything else, not even the Avengers game that came out a year before it. Um, right. It's its own thing. Um, but they do borrow some stuff from the movies, but overall it's its own standalone thing. Um, yeah. But And Telltale had like two Batman games that could be considered their own self-contained narrative. But so... I'm actually glad that you brought that up because that made me think of The Walking Dead because yes, not okay. not only does The Walking Dead have several shows and like the the, the finale of the main show sp- like basically ended spinning off into several sub shows, um, uh-huh. but there is so The Walking Dead show we all know is based off the graphic novels of the same name. Uh-huh. So the Telltale Walking Dead game, of which there's like four or five seasons, is canonical mm-hmm. is canonical to the graphic novels. So yes. when you meet characters in that game, like Glenn and Herschel and all them, they are the graphic novel versions of those characters, not the show versions. But, okay, but it is canonical, I think, to that. So yeah, that was um a good one to bring up. Well. I do think we should probably wrap it up here soon, but uh, do you have any more that you want to squeeze in there real quick on a rapid fire that you can think of? Not that I can think of. No? No. Okay. All right. Well, I suppose that will be it for this one. In the next episode, folks, we're going to talk about some of our favorite crossover franchises. Yes, we've already decided on that one ahead of time. You know, so we'll be talking about that time that Family Guy crossed over with The Simpsons. All of the major Arrowverse crossovers. We'll be talking about things like Smash Bros. and PlayStation All-Stars. Kingdom Hearts, you know, anything, the Final Fantasy Dissidia games. Anything where characters from some of our favorite things come together and meet each other. Remember that? time brooklyn 99 crossed over with a new girl we'll talk about that too we'll talk about that too then in fact a popular meme came out of that (laughs) so um so that'll be the topic of the next episode ahead of time so if you're listening to this um if you're watching this on youtube let me know in the comments down below not only what some of your favorite multimedia franchises are but let me also know what some of your favorite crossovers in history are like what your favorite cro- i mean the mcu is one big giant crossover you know yeah um so let me know what some of your favorite crossovers in media history are and i will uh, read those comments in the next episode if you can't uh if you're not watching on youtube you can email me at uh Mr. Oversoul53 at gmail.com. That's M R O V E R S O U L 53 at gmail.com. Or shoot me a, uh, a post at uh, the website formerly known as Twitter at Oversoul53, O V E R S O U L 53. And uh, where can they find you? 
they can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at the Vaping Fiend. Uh, they can find me on TikTok uh, at b.vaping.fiend and on Twitch at the Vaping Fiend. All right. So that's it for this time. Remember to leave a like on YouTube, a follow on Spotify, a rating on Apple, and all that fun stuff. And until next time, we'll catch you in the next one. Good night, everybody. Bye.